Wait, give me one second, guys. I just saw that uh, it, it's time to do a be real. So got to do a quick little pot. No, I'm just messing around. <laughs> but give me one second. We'll get kicked off for the 52nd consecutive week of Wonky Weekly Alpha, um, which is what makes it the one-year anniversary. So crazy enough, you know, it's not the one-year anniversary of the Wonky Stonks, but it is the one-year anniversary of doing these spaces consecutively every single week, um, which is crazy to think about. So we are here. I'm going to give away some credit to the merch store today, um, as well as I'm going to give away a stonk also. Um, We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Give me just a second. We're having some issues connecting. Um, But if you guys would like to speak, feel free to hit that request button. I'll bring you guys up here in a bit. So far, I have had issues connecting everybody that has tried. So there might be an issue with the space, but I think that we are okay. Let's see. Twitter is always a little bit finicky with that type of stuff. All right, Rooster here. So, need to go ahead and tweet this out as well. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. I don't know what it is, man. It's the minute the space has started, my internet. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you're still you're still chopping in and out a little bit. But, dude, I was having that exact same issue a bit ago right before this, which is why I was literally only one minute late. Um, Had some issues getting up here as far as my connection as well, going back and forth. Like, my thing's weird, man. I've got, I guess, two different official Wi-Fis that I can connect to at my house. And I've got one run through, like, a native VPN on the, uh, the router that I use, and then... Another, which is just the other, you know, standard router for the house. And I was having issues with, I don't know, my phone occasionally tries to connect to the wrong one and F's everything up. But anyway. It's uh, all connected to the trains and um, the balloon. It's all connected with our internet going out. Um, Aliens are coming, I'm pretty sure. Exactly, man. I mean, dude, that's, that's my thing. I... I don't know, maybe I'm paranoid with this, but I basically connect through a double VPN. Like, I've got a VPN running on my phone at all times, and my router has a VPN with it. So, I, I, I don't know. Again, probably overly paranoid, but at the same time, it uh, most of the time works. But, you know, I, I guess with all the weather balloons, the Chinese weather balloons lately, things have been a little bit messed up. Um. Yeah, man. Um, B-Ways, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing today? What's up, guys? Wonderful. It's Friday. It's a long weekend, from what, I've, uh, what I've heard. So uh, Monday's off, which was a surprise to me as a European in, in the U.S. So yeah, feeling great. It's, uh, it's beautiful. 52nd week in a row. I cannot, just cannot believe that. That's incredible. So uh, congrats on the stamina and perseverance. Absolutely awesome. Feeling bullish as always. Yes, sir, man. I mean, market's been trending in the right direction. You love to see it. Um, so, yeah, you know, everything 
Everything has been fun as far as that's concerned recently. Um, how are how are things over in uh, Miami right now, man? Are they like right now? I feel like there's a cold front that's kind of worked its way across the country. Is that hit down south where you are, or is it still like you know just warm, sunny, perfect as always? Uh, it's been a couple of days where it was colder, but otherwise it's been warm and perfect and clear skies. Uh, I'm actually in Mexico City today in the weekend, where it is the same. It's beautiful. So the south, I think, is um, is unaffected, man. I'm not sure how uh, how Texas is going. I love to hear that, man. Dude, Mexico City is one of those places. I feel like it's such an easy trip that I still never made it out to. Like I always have wanted to, but I don't know. Just always have found excuses for not doing it last second. Like I had some friends that uh, actually I had the opportunity to work there back in the day. Um, so the uh, oil and gas company I worked with, they they had this thing where, but again, dude, this this was the thing that pissed me off back in the day. So I had the opportunity for that and a couple other places internationally. And like my friend that ended up getting the position, um, she ended up having, she had a driver around town, literally had security with her that would go take her to each of these places whatever she went with and like she said a nice neighborhood too but like she had the absolute setup man like everything was so legit i had the opportunity to be able to go crash there you know have all the yeah she had the connections for everything down in that area never ended up taking advantage of it but i don't know man i i still definitely one of those places it's on the the list of things that i need to go explore and do soon yeah man it's um i obviously depends where in mexico like mexico city is is actually great it's it's a massive city it's awesome weather is pretty good it's not miami good but it's it's pretty good um and it's there's a ton of international people here tons of americans if you care about that I'm not sure if that's a pro or a con but there are quite a few here and um probably presumably also quite a bit of crypto quite a few crypto people and i'm trying to find it out this weekend but I suspect that that a lot of those people are moving here as well, uh, and the rest of Latin America. So yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting one to check out. It's just fly over a couple of hours and um, see if you like it. Love to hear it, man. Bogfather, how is everything going, man? Good, good, good. It's been a hectic two weeks. I'm back in Chicago, um, dude. There's just been so much going on. I'm I'm like up. I haven't been like super liquid, but I like almost tripled the money I sold. You saw I sold that penguin for twenty eight ETH. I probably tripled it between blur and like trading. Um, so that was my thing too. Like people are like, I don't know if that's a good trade or not. I'm like, I know how to make money. And you're offering me that cash flow up front. I thought it was fair. Um, you don't really get good offers, so you just gotta take it and you gotta like hustle with it. So, you know, I I, I YOLO'd into Blur. I turned like that forty like forty five racks into ninety and then I just bought like a bunch of checks. So I'm up bigly. I bought like a hundred more. I bought like seventy five stocks. And now I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 like uh, kind of market making stocks now. I'm trying to farm. Like I'm not actually trying to. Sell. If they do sell, I'm just gonna buy them back. So I'm just farming everything. I've become the farm more. Um, I've listed all my stocks. Uh, just but I you know I'm just mess. I'm just gonna buy them back if I if they sell. So it's it's one of those things where I need to get those blur points. Um, I, I think it does dump, but I don't think Blur. I think Blur is a serious competitor to OpenSea. This isn't a look situation, um, so I, I I don't think the price. I think the price will probably like 
go back to 50 cents and, you know, when, when all said and done. Um, but now I don't know, like things are looking, looking really interesting. There's a, well, you know, so that, that's my question with the blur airdrop. I guess maybe I didn't understand this. Was it only season one for the airdrop portion that they gave out right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, there were three phases of season one, essentially. Season one was like six months. <laughs> it was like three phases. Okay, but, but that, that, I'm, that's the thing that really confuses me about the dynamic of all this. So, okay. So you have the three phases of season one. I mean, what is season two then? So season two is another airdrop season that they've got of allocated tokens towards I, that. I think like, they're testing something out to see like how this works for the next month or so. Like they're gonna like it's just continuing to see like how they're gonna divvy up the coins. And I, I, I think it's gonna be more saturated now that everyone's doing it, but I still think it's kinda worth it because I believe in blur um, taking over as a trader. I mean it's kinda obvious, like the interface is just better. Um, and that's kind of really all that, like, that's a set, like a two second thesis. I don't need to know anything else about it. Like I, I know it'll be around. I don't, I, and I know like the coin will be worth something. Um, but again, you know, I don't know, like, you know, maybe it is just a governance token. Who knows like what it's going to be used for, but I, I just think that it'll, it'll like survive this hype cycle and be worth something, you know, for at least a couple of months. Um, cause it is keeping open, like what they're doing now is like you, the creator royalties, like the people that farmed the pudgies and all the main projects, like they paid out these projects and gave them more money than Ropezy would have through the, like basically through the, through the token. So it's really, really interesting. Um, even though they were cut out of the, you know, they were cutting them out of the royalties for, for a couple of months, like they paid them, you know, on the back end even more than they would have gotten just through, uh, you know, the, the open sea fees. So so the thing that, like, when I saw it drop down all the way beneath 50 cents, you know, okay, whenever whenever the token first dropped, right, it was all the way up for, like, a few minutes, you know, in that five, four, five, six dollar range. And I remember sitting there trying to claim my tokens and transfer them as fast as possible to dump it because I was like, dude, there is no way in hell that this stands up at these prices. And, of course... You know, whoever was able to claim it and dump it quickly in those first few minutes got this massive whatever. But then here's the thing with like tokens like this. Every single person that I talked to was like, I'm going to dump it immediately after. So there were a lot of people that did that. And like, I respect that, right, as far as the immediate dump with the blur. Um, but, you know, because of that, I think that it did end up a little bit oversold down there beneath that 50 cent range when it was there. And then at that point, it was like, OK, you know, the market cap and, and I'm not I wasn't looking at FTV because I do believe that FTV matters, but I don't think that it matters so on a small much, on a right, small time frame. Beginning. Yeah, exactly. It, it Yeah, it right? doesn't matter. Like, it matters in the big picture. But early on, you, you look at what's liquid and what's liquid is going to be what actually affects what moves, what doesn't. So anyway, it's down there in the 50 cent range. It's beneath 250 mil for the market cap. The way I looked at it is it's like, okay. And I still look at it this way, right? You know, it's still sitting at 96 cents. So, you know, from the fundamental perspective, I can easily, especially if Bitcoin keeps rallying, I like, I think it hitting a one bill market cap is completely reasonable. Um, now, you know, and I'm talking about just, Standard market cap, not FTV. I understand how much higher the FTV is. That'd be like, you know, a, uh, a 10 figure FTV at that point. But anyway, like it or not. It'd 10, be like it'd be eight. 11, it'd be, know, no, it'd be eight because they it's 12%. So 12 times like eight and a half. 
eight and a half. But it, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. Almost, almost, almost ten uh, figures. So or eleven, yeah, ten billion. Now, anyway, point being, yeah, it'd be a ten bill plus FUV at that point. But again, doesn't matter too much in the near term. But again, I think one billion for the the total like market cap for where it is right now makes sense for run up to around that range. And at that point, yeah, probably ends up selling off some because I, I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in shit coins doing this insane, insane run right now, but you know, it just makes too much sense. Like what you were bringing up for the fundamental reasons earlier. So I think that it definitely could squeeze up to that point. You know, 96 cents still seems a little bit on the cheap side near term, but long term, if you're talking about a year plus, I think within a year, man, there's there's a solid chance that it ends up a decent amount lower than where it is. So it's definitely one of those type things where, you know, it's a swing trade type of opportunity. You know, because especially if they're doing other drops, stuff like that. And when you're starting to take into account the FTB, I haven't seen the vesting schedule for any of the seed round investors, but I'm sure that there's some type of accelerated vesting schedule on that also. There always is with this type of shit. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep track of. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the first day I saw was um, the first unlock was like June 14th or something. Could be wrong. Uh, but I did see like something along those lines. So yeah, yeah June 14th. And, point being, that's not very far away. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, I love Blur. You know, I I love Blur as much as I love Luna at this point, right? Like, I took my shingles, my shekels that they threw at me, and uh, scaled out between like sixty five cents and a dollar. Um, comfortable with profits. And then I uh, just use that money, the airdrop money, to scale onto some shorts and <laughs> scalp some more profits. So playing it very similar to how I did Luna, um, you know, ride it on the way up and short it on the way down and make money both ways. Well, dude, it did end up turning into a decent stimulus check, though, for a lot. Of, like, the thing that I thought was really cool, there were a lot of people that, you know, that I saw that didn't get involved in the, the first drop necessarily, but they still said, Hey, you know, blur is for everybody. And they still handed them out like a few hundred bucks either way. Right. Like if they did a little bit of volume on there, but didn't qualify for that first drop um, or the first part of the season one drop. So I thought that that was really cool the way that they ended up doing that. And, you know, it did end up being a fairly equitable distribution as far as that drop was concerned you're, you're looking at it a decent stimulus check for the nft community as a whole so you know like it wasn't up there with like the ens type of thing but i think that more people got it than actually received anything decent from the ens back in the day have you heard about um the collab land airdrop supposedly coming today? That's not gonna be good. No. That's probably not gonna be good. Yeah. Was... Collab land airdrop? <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what the fuck they'd be dropping a token for. Um See, but that sounds I, I that sounds like funny. something that's gonna drain yeah, you. I, I feel like I'm gonna get I feel like I'm gonna like <laughs> revoke access to every collab land thing. I don't like <laughs> On all Discord yeah, I honestly like Collab Land's like really far outdated. I prefer Vulcan. Um, it's like 
Yeah, I, I know at the current standings, you know, there there isn't much risk in, you know, the collab land signature. Um, but at the same time, Vulcan, like, pretty much requires no – it doesn't require any uh, wallet interaction at all, only for you to put a code in your OpenSea bio. Um, and I, I think that's just a much better way to go about it, and collab land should pretty much be obsolete at this point. I agree fully. It's what is the real, the only thing that I can think of as far as the benefit of using Collabland is this. So Collabland, like Vulcan, doesn't Vulcan have an issue with multiple Discord channels? Or is that, am I off on that? Because I thought that we had an issue with that with a few people that were trying to use Vulcan to verify. I think it's multiple, I think it's multiple wallets for the same Discord in different channels. Like let's say, like, um, I had, you know, one wallet in the stonks and one wallet in the pandas. And then I was trying to verify both wallets under my account uh, to be verified in both chats. Gotcha. I mean, but either way, you're looking at the security issues with it. It's just, does does Collabland have any other utilizations outside of Discord verification? They gave you that uh, Collabland Genesis NFT airdrop about a year ago that was also worthless. Um. <laughs> but but point being, they don't really have, like, their primary function is Discord verification. Exactly. So, That's why I said they're pretty, they should be pretty much obsolete now. That uh, So the only Vulcan's thing that I'm around. looking at at this point is that it's like, oh, you know, I guess it's kind of, if they actually are doing an air, airdrop type thing, it sounds like a last ditch effort to try to save some type of user base. But my, my whole thing is everything that you have ever been taught in NFTs is anything with collab land that is not that initial verification is a scam. Do not touch it. It is not worth touching. So it almost makes it seem a little bit more scammier, like because you know, because I'm I'm just sitting there wondering to myself, my the intuitive nature of hearing the collab land is doing an airdrop is somebody hacked the collab land like main account, you know, their Twitter account or whatever else, and they have released all this information and they are just doing one. I mean, hey, even if they didn't hack it, maybe it's the devs realizing that their shit's dead. And this is their last ditch, like, we're going to just get somebody to sign a signature across the board of everybody that's used this and just wipe out and drain all wallets. Because we know that our users, we've seen what our users do, and we know that we can't trust them to do anything anyway. So the one thing that we can trust them for is their negligence. And we're about to wipe about, like, you know, eight figures of apes off the board by doing this. That's when you're going to have your ordinal people come out. That's why you should have burned your ape to an ordinal. (laughs) Oh, shit. Dude, I have some alpha, too. So, well, I don't know if it's alpha anymore, but they might might still be available. But I bought one of these trading view watches um, for, like, there was, like, a discount. It was, was like, there's 500. It's a limited edition. And... They're like forty percent off if you use the code. Um, I'll I'll post it the code and I'll post the thing in in the stock uh, Twitter chat. But um, I bought thirteen, like I bought one initially, and then they reached out and they're like, "Hey, we have a couple of people that like canceled orders. Do you want to 
do you want some more? And I was like, yeah, I'll probably buy them all. And I bought 10 grand of, I bought like 12 more watches. Um, and I think they're going to be the boomer unisocks of the next run. So not financial advice, but I'm going to, do they have an NFT that goes? No, that's the thing. They're so dumb. They didn't do that. Like, it was like exactly what they should have done. It's just like straight up. Well, but okay. But here would be the difference for the Unisocks comparison though. Unisocks, I think you only got the socks sent to you if you burned your socks NFT. So I think that that would have been, you're right. Like as far as a watch play, that is such a genius play. Because you're like, well, there are only 500 of these watches, but they actually don't exist. Like, they don't even have to do the production of the watches themselves, right? Like, they don't even have to produce the watches. They just make the NFTs for the watches, and they're like, well, if you want this, here you go. So now you've got actually, if you have a physical, then at that point, then it's like, oh, like, this is actually one of maybe 100 physicals. Yeah, there are 400 out there that might be burned eventually for it. But, like, you know, people prefer the NFTs. I think that that would be a really <laughs> interesting concept for somebody else that wants to do a watch drop down down the road. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that was the way to do it. But I guess they're, like, it makes sense for, like, their audience. You know, it's, you know, trading view. it's, like, 95% traders. And we're the, we are, like, the minority um, not even just crypto people, but, um, you know, uh, just NFT people. So I still. Yeah, revise that to like 99.9% if you're, you know, bucketing it to just NFTs versus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you probably have, you know, maybe 10% of trading view. I don't know. I, I can talk to them and find out. It's probably more than that, but. I'd say 10% just crypto interested, 90% that are interested in just stock equities. And then, you know, the other 0.1% might be NFT native people. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's kind of crazy, those numbers. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how many of those people would want to watch and they'll pay like a ridiculous amount? I mean, I, you know, I don't know what the multiples will be, but for 700 or 800 bucks, like, I think you can 10x that. Honestly, like people will pay for a limited edition watch, like what they would pay for like a, you know, a date just like an Oyster Perpetual. Like, I don't know. I think. So, Bog, let me let me ask you your your strategy on this. Where are you setting up your, you know, where would be the secondary market for people to find yeah. these? What's your what's your so strategy? There is already an ARB for a two and a half X. They're selling for regularly for two, two to two point five K on eBay. Might be able to do stock X as well. Um, so. It's literally, I could have arbed them all right now and just listed them, and it'll take a, a little bit to sell. But I'm just going to bag hold these until, um, you know, the next bull run. Whenever it is, like, you know, when re whenever retail makes money, like the next time retail makes money in droves, this thing is going to be fucking a 20x um, easily. Because they're not, you know, like TradingView, I think is decent. Like, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um I think they have a big enough audience, and I think it's a, a pretty good watch. I'm, like, actually wearing one of them right now. I, ha I have another, like, five coming in in, like, a half hour. I just got the delivery email, but it's reminded me. But I posted in the uh, the wonky uh, group chat. If there's any available, um, if there's any left, definitely recommend, uh, you know, like, snagging them up. I posted the screenshot, too, of um, – oh, wait, did I not do that? 
I posted the screenshot to, sh- to show you that the link is legit. Like, it's the DM I have with, like, TradingView reaching out to me. So you're telling me they have already flipped brick watches? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, yeah. they pour noise. Yeah. Um, U.S.-made brick watches. Which, the funny thing is, they're probably made through similar... Like, after I looked into that, I realized... You know, a lot of people gave Dave shit for that, but I think that's really the standard way for going about creating your own brand and doing that type of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with these watches, though, I think it's so it's Christopher Ward. They're an English company, but they're manufactured in uh, Switzerland, so they are Swiss watches, um, and they're pretty high quality. Uh, and it's kind of cool. Like, I like the bezel color. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's like a tag, but I mean, it's like. Um, they have the all the markets like you can adjust all the the markets like actually all the the stock exchange the major stock exchanges there's like in the center of the bezel um, and you can do some cool stuff with that but um, I think it's I think it's a good enough watch to sell for a high premium um, once the mania sets in whenever it is you know it's it's like a like a thing that's worth bag holding if you have uh, the cash flow um, so I had I had some cash, um, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I spent 10 Gs on a Rolex. Let me buy 13 of these, and I could probably buy like an AP. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna do the 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 challenge. I'm creating my own challenge: the 10 Trading View watches into a, a a Royal Oak. That's that's gonna be my challenge. Um, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna trade 10 of these for a nice AP, and I'm gonna keep one. Uh, for shits and gigs, so that's 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 my plan. Love to hear it, man. I mean, I I, I know several other people that got that they they're a fan of it. I thought it was an interesting concept. Surprised more people haven't really gone down that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Trading view in general, I just look at like they're. I, I I'm curious. I forget what was their thing that they did with Nasdaq earlier. It wasn't any type of announcement, right? They were just ringing the bell. Uh, I I don't remember, but that sounds about right. I don't think I actually got invited to that event, which I wish I was in New York for. But Dude, that would have been sick. That would have been sick. Should have just flown out. Yeah, they they let me know one day. Before, oh, right. They they messaged they, yeah, they messaged me the day before, and they're like, "Hey, you're not in New York, are you? You know, we've got this event going on tomorrow." And I was like, "No, nah, I'm not." They didn't even tell me what the event was. I don't think that they could like spill the beans exactly. So I was just like, "No, nah, I'm not here." They're like, "Okay." The next day, I see Dylan Leclaire, you know, post something where he is like back in the back with them ringing the bell and, the, and i'm like yeah you know maybe i would have bought a flight up there like, yeah if you would have known the, because, the extent yeah, of it yeah like <laughs> how, how often do you get that chance oh. to go up there and do that so literally yeah, once i think but, <laughs> for those companies once <laughs> but yeah dude that was that was like back in the day there was this opportunity i had with the company i was working with and I didn't know how to golf back then, right? You know, so you'd be disappointed in me. But had the opportunity to play in this charity golf tournament because somebody said, hey, you know, you can golf. And I don't know how my name got thrown in the pot, but I was going with, like, you know, a couple of VPs. Um, J.J. Watt was the other person that ended up being there, and myself would have been, like, the foursome for the scramble. 
And it was like the nicest golf course in the city of Houston. And, you know, I, I just looked back on it. I'm like, man, I would have had two weeks, like two weeks to train. And I didn't know J.J. Watt was going to be the person that was going to be in the foursome either. This is like J.J. Watt in his prime. And I don't think anybody knew it was going to be that. But I'm like, man, you know, there are just some opportunities in life that you just say yes to and you just figure everything else out as you go. Right. Yeah, it's totally it. Yeah, you you can't think about that. You just gotta, you just gotta go. But oh boy, yeah, you learned your lesson. Next time, if you get a crazy opportunity, you just just do it. Hugh, what would you have done in that situation? Well, number one, it would have been a hell of a way for you to dox being up there when the bell's getting rung. So uh, I got to give you shit for that. You just pony up, or you catch a red eye or go stand. I didn't know. The the golf thing, yeah. I thought it was like a dinner cube, or just just saying. I, I was like, okay. I'm gonna have a dinner where. Okay, that's fair. If you didn't know you were gonna be up there, helping ring the bell, that's okay. <laughs> Different story. Nonetheless, the golf thing, take it or leave it. Just know a lot of business deals get done on the golf course, and you could have met a future Hall of Famer. So that's on you. But stick with the golf thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, I will say my golf game is at the point now. Is it great? No. But if I was ever offered an opportunity for a scramble like that, would I be confident enough to just go up and play? Yeah. Like, why not? We eventually have to organize the great wonky stonk uh, invitational scramble at some point. Yeah, dude, we need, to, we need to set it up. You know where I'm surprised no crypto events ever happen? How are there no crypto events that happen out in Arizona? I feel like, you know, they're, they're half combined, you know, that that's where you could work in both some type of fun crypto event in the summer, work in some golf also, plenty of good golfing, right? And yeah, I mean, just something different than the typical Miami, Vegas, LA, New York scene. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me, but who the hell wants to be in Arizona in the summer? Not me, uh, and I think that's why they don't do it. Okay, well, schedule it for a better time. I don't know. Like, no, I just don't. There's not many reasons to go to Arizona. It's like one of those states that you like drive through only. See, you say that Arizona is a fun spot, man. Like, you know, Phoenix, Tucson, like some of those other places. There's some fun places in Arizona, right? Like, I think it's an underrated, you know, especially. If you're looking at the party event, whatever scene, like it's a decent spot. It's underrated. I think that like you would get a solid and it's just not the same type of speed and crowd, you know, how crowded it is versus some of the other big cities that everywhere else goes. But you still have the same type of, you know, nightlife slash other entertainment opportunities. As our resident Arizonan. I will not stand for this Arizona slander. Um, <laughs> Khalid, whenever you want to set up something. I was going to say, um, let's, let's do it. I have an idea because I saw the Campi Pandas do it. If you saw those loud punks, and I think Rooster is going to agree, for the wonkies, maybe you get like two or three of those. I don't even own these anymore. I, I think they suck, but I think it's useful for communities to um, to kind of use them. To like, as because they're they're just lifetime VIP passes to Rolling Loud, and basically you can raffle those off for for like literally every concert. So it's kind of like just free utility, and like if they're offering that for two grand a pop right now, 
I think that might be like a solid thing to, you know, where you don't even have to do anything. You just own the thing and it'll hold its value too. So you could always dump that at a later time for probably what you bought it for. But I, I know that the pandas bought 10 of them um, and they're going to use that. But that's what I think that the use case for it is it's not like the past actually appreciating in value, but um, something to add for free. Actually, it's a decent idea. So wait, VGF, sell, sell Arizona for like, am I crazy? I mean, first off, are there any, are there any events that have happened there that I'm unaware of? Because again, it just there seems are, like one of those obvious spots that hasn't really taken off yet. There has been, but not notable or, or great ones. So like, do uh, you think a decent conference could be held there? Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, like there's definitely like a budding desire for it. Cause like when you, when you look at the, the equivalent price of like throwing an event in LA or Vegas or Miami or New York, like you could fucking blow it out of the water here. And the perspective of like Arizona is just like one of those places that you drive through. I challenge you to experience Scottsdale and say the same thing. Um, I mean, just whether it's nightlife, entertainment, dining, golf, like across the board, there's, there's, plenty to do um so yeah as far as like hosting something here it would be like you could really show up and and cause a ruckus for less than it would cost you to uh you know rent a, a nightclub for the evening in you know la or something Lots of challenge rooster. <laughs> i challenge that first of all scottsdale sounds like it's in europe um and <laughs> second of all the reason events are held in LA and Miami is because that's where people would travel to go to these events too, right? Um, you're not just attracting a, a local crowd. I, like, I, have you ever seen the waste me. management open and the crowd that that attracts? I would say the the week of <laughs> waste way. management open and Super Bowl being in the same city in the same weekend would beg to differ. Waste management open? Are you like talking Wait, about like the you don't real know what the waste company? management open is? Are you are you kidding me? That's the biggest party at all of like the PGA tour. It's insane. But, it, uh, Kaleo, we <laughs> have to give some grace here. Uh, there are I'm not 14, as many remember? as cultured as you on the uh, party experience of Scottsdale. Okay, again, Rooster. I'm just saying there. You know, I like. I may be a bit of a boomer, but this is not a boomer concept. This is like a hidden gem as far as if you are looking for, you know, places to be able to really entertain, hold like a badass party. And again, you know, like you, you think I'm insane as I say this. There are a lot of beautiful women in Arizona, Rooster. There really are. Um, oh, there's yeah. a lot but... of opportunity for this type of stuff. But, you know, again, just the overall the nightlife. Plus, you're talking about the cost, the other stuff that you can do outside of that. I mean, hey, maybe Which, maybe, maybe we plan it and have an extra week that we go out there and we book out because I think that you have to like literally reserve this like a year in advance. But you reserve like, you know, a a whatever number of people to be able to go down, do a hike down to have a Supai Falls you know, spend like a few days going down a little detour trip after everything is done to the Grand Canyon. I'm telling you, there are a lot of fun things in that area. 
which Rooster, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like, I agree that if you're trying to like pull people to an event, like LA, Miami, New York, like they, they have that broader appeal as to why someone would go out of their way to go to those cities. Just stating that, like, I think overlooking the charm of Phoenix, Scottsdale or Arizona in general is, is an oversight. Like, I agree if you're like just trying to pull up events that are uh, appealing to crypto degens, LA, Vegas, Miami, New York are probably the go-tos. But I do think there's plenty of opportunity to to look to other places too. Dude, VCon's being held in Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis. Do you see me going to VCon, Kaleo? <laughs> have I ever told you I booked my ticket to to VCon? <laughs> no, I have not. I did book my ticket hey. to uh, <laughs> to LA for Rolling Loud, though. So please don't fund my bags until at least after the first event. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no way there's no way to fud la to people eh? you know, there's always going to be this contingent of people that love la because of the fact that it's la bro but yeah as as someone who has like partied in lubbock texas right which is pretty much like a small arizona um all what what I imagine is like okay. No, first off, Lubbock, Texas <laughs> is not a small Arizona, bro. Like I, I I've been to Lubbock, Texas more times than like I can actually. That, that's really funny. We can get into that conversation another day. Lubbock is the furthest thing that I can think of from some of these places that we're talking about. Like we, I, I mean, are you out there in the cotton fields? Because like literally, that's what Lubbock has surrounding it. Um, it's, dude, there is, there is, Lubbock is a decent place for its own things, but it is not (laughs) anywhere near this conversation. You're just thinking about like the overall topography, I guess, of the area. Uh, I mean, maybe that kind of plays it. Like you're like, oh, it's flat and there aren't a lot of trees. That doesn't equate to the exact same experience. Husker, you got your hand up. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Number one, I'd like to just say that, like, dude, Phoenix and uh, uh, Stocks or ah, man, Scottsdale is just completely awesome place to party. Number two, like, let's go ahead and just rename it Stonksdale right now. And number three, you guys should get it on the ground floor. Uh, so I'm moving to Wichita. I think the Wonky uh, Cube is there too. So like, let's go ahead and throw some parties in Wichita, Kansas, because yeah, fucking Kansas, right? The air capital of the world, home of Pizza Hut, Freddy's Frozen Custards, and White Castle. Let's go, Wichita. Bro, I told you, I told you, I was on a scout trip when I was a kid. Whenever the uh, Challenger crashed at the the uh, place in Wichita, right? Isn't that where it is? Like, there's the Space Center in Wichita. So I believe you're referring to the the Kansas. The Kansas, what you you cut off, Rooster. Whoa, who? Dude, of course. No doubt I rug when. Oh, my goodness. I said Rooster instead of Q. Wow. Dude, that is, I apologize to both parties for that mix up because that's something that is definitely offensive depending on your perspective. And I'm sure both of y'all have the same perspective. I mean, like I consider it a compliment, but do I, I don't know. Keep going. I missed it. Cause I rug, but yeah, you're thinking of the Kansas Cosmosphere and Hutch Northwest of Wichita, but come on down to Wichita. We're going to have a, uh, you know, some stockholders there. Husker can't wait for you to get here, man. 
Dude, just imagine how far like a hundred thousand dollars would go in Wichita versus like LA. You'd probably buy like half the city. <laughs> Oscar, why is this why you're moving to Wichita? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm gonna start a real estate empire there and like a hundred thousand dollars like in Vegas might buy me like a burger or something like that. So the fact that I could buy a skyscraper for a hundred K was just too much to pass up. Cube the, is actually on the the Wichita welcome sign as you're entering uh, the you know Wichita line. Uh, he's that on that welcome sign while you're driving by. Absolutely, the uh, the city pays me to be a Walmart greeter at the border, um, in full stonk regalia and whatnot. So, dude, well, you know, I think what I might do is buy a billboard on the outskirts of the city as people come in and just like do like one of those mashups of like my stonk with my uh, pudgy penguin on the background. People will flock in, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never looked at what billboard advertising costs. It can't be that insane. And I would entertain the idea of throwing like a grand at it with you. If we could just make something ridiculous to pump the bags of the stonks, the penguins, the frogs. Digital collectibles only in Wichita, Dude. Kansas. Yeah. The funny thing is, so you know, if you ever make that drive up past Wichita and then west of Salina, like it is, it gets creepy with all the, um, you know, especially if you make it late at night when you just see all the the rows and rows of the windmill, or not the windmill farm, the um, the wind power or whatever the wind the windmill wind farms there. The wind farms are just, dude, it gets creepy driving dude, try through doing the planes. A, try flying like a Cessna, like probably like 2,000 feet or something like that. And I will say it's actually pretty beautiful. Yeah, I enjoy that drive looking at the windmills. But I can't see how it's What be- about the bird migration that they've destroyed entire ecosystems, you know, completely terrible Dude, for okay, the environment? Okay, guys, I got to turn you guys on. Like, there is no such things as birds. Birds haven't existed in, like, probably, like, 50 years. They're drones. Come on. <laughs> I, Darwin had something to say about that. I believe that's evolution. If yeah, there's a subreddit about that called, like, birds aren't real. It's uh, It's pretty amusing. It's not amusing. It's called facts. Our balloon overlords well, the fact would, is, uh, acknowledge this. Like, I speaking about... Uh, I didn't think that needed to be mentioned. Speaking about uh, mashups, um, I actually minted a one-of-one one mashup, stonk mashup yesterday. It was crazy. Completely out of the blue. Uh, ultimately, though, I minted the one-of-one, one, which any project that I hold of one-of-one one is uh, completely worthless. Um, so not financial advice, but, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put it up here at the top. Eighties, my man, the man, the myth, the legend. What is going on, sir? What's up family? How we doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Appreciate you asking. Man, I'm glad I got to make it up here, man. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it, but I just got out of the meeting, and I'm here. See everybody vibing, everybody thriving. Love it, man. What's up, Bonky fam? Happy one year, Twitter Spaces. Hey, what's going on, man? Um, You know, 80s, we were just talking before you got here how we are apparently renaming Scottsdale into Stonksdale. That is 
Huskers idea. We're going to have to host an event out there, a little golf round, a little whatever else, a mini thing coming up in the future. You know, another random place that I could think of, though, that I think would be a decent spot. Again, I I actually think Arizona would be better, but you're going to hate me for saying this. I was going to say Tampa would be another decent under-the-radar spot. Tampa's that hidden gem, baby. Come on, bring them. Wonky sails in the ships. Let's go. Yeah, 80s uh, profile picture was taken in Tampa. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Rooster, that reminds me of one of those videos that zooms in on some random place, and they're like, you won't believe that this is actually what it looks like. So it's like a Google Earth zoom in, and then it drops the pin, and it circles around, and it's some beautiful location that has nowhere to do with whatever. And that video gets a ton of views, right? And actually, this is something that's hilarious. So back in the day, this is a West Texas story from back when I used to work in the oil fields there, right? You know, I had some landman friend that told me this story. There were a lot of plots of land out there that for this period of time were sold to foreign investors as beachfront property in West Texas, right? So it was Oceanside beachfront property, and they were just selling what was otherwise considered to be practically worthless land to either people overseas or somewhere else in the country. So they own these plots. And of course, there's no, you know, really. So the people weren't able to resell them. So they just sat there for years and years. Well, eventually what they didn't realize is they also bought the mineral rights with this. And there was a shit ton of oil that came along, you know, decades down the road as far as people drilling, whatever else. So now you have these plots of land that are just worth a shit ton of money, but it was almost impossible to track down a lot of the people that bought these because they bought them as part of this pyramid scheme, selling them as whatever else that were not there back in the day. Literally be like somebody that bought, you know, acre or they bought land in Tampa because they expected Machu Picchu to be there. But instead they, you know, bought black gold and they ended up getting, you know, the people that were able to be like ridiculously rich from it but it was not anywhere for the reason that they thought that they were buying it for that's uh i wish that happened to me (laughs) 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 what's uh there there was this advertisement that you can go to in the state of florida here is uh the treasury or something in florida and find like missing money I ended up doing it last year, and I found a fucking pay stub from a job that I quit when I was 16 years old at Ruby Tuesdays. I worked there for like two hours. The paycheck was for like $3.76. There's, there's treasure out there to be found. <laughs> I seriously encourage everybody to do that. Just Google lost property like from your state, and there's giant databases, but the Department of the Treasury is responsible for this. Like I have my, oh, my dad died back in 09, but he had a shit ton of dividend checks from stuff. Like, I mean, there is literally tens of millions of missing dollars out there or like safety deposit boxes that are unclaimed or like utility deposits when you were in school and you moved away that everybody needs to fucking do that. That's a good thread. I'm going to write a thread. I'm going to get some likes. Hey, actually, uh, if you do it, there's a, I think a website called do not pay and, um, It'll do a quick search for you for everything that you have, possibly. There you go. Hot bets. That's the best alpha of the day so far. 
free money sitting out there. It's a, it's a Web 2 airdrop. Come on. Yeah, no doubt. God, speaking of that, I need to figure out my blur shit, how to disconnect from my VPN. I still haven't done my my stuff. Speaking of which, I think the the funniest line of blur uh, during the whole airdrop, apart from the the VPN one, is um, where it was like, "I certify I am not an us person," um, <laughs> because uh, I just think the the wording on that is very clever. Um, because it can be interpreted in so many ways. Uh, and I was just thinking of what an us person was, and I was like, yeah, I'm not an us person. So, uh, I, I certify that 100%. Yeah, dude, I tweeted about that. I was like, this is the one day where everybody on NFT Twitter agrees that it's called football, not soccer. Uh, just for that one <laughs> Little moment, everybody on NFT Twitter was united. But you know, I'm an Australian citizen there. Um, we're you know from the league creative way that they said the VPN thing. They're like, oh, you know, it looks like you access this via a VPN. Um, you might want to turn your VPN off basically saying hey forgot to turn on your vpn you might want to turn it on everybody that used that was smart enough to realize instantly oh shit like i gotta you know and it was pretty creative wording from the legal perspective to be able to cover themselves you know how well that would hold up in court i have no idea if they ever actually got to that point but they were basically saying, yeah, you know, like, we, we did our due diligence. Everybody else was the one at fault now. Yeah, at least they gave us a stimmy good enough to cover uh, the first couple months of commissary. Uh, <laughs> I got a whopping $17 from Blur. Before or after the Gatsby climate? <laughs> Because if you tried to claim it at the, the peak, like right after it opened up, you know, I think whenever it was 700 guay for gas, then you were spending a lot more than $17 to claim that $17. Yeah, I, I sent, uh, huh, I did a test transaction when sending to buy big, cost me like 50 bucks just to make sure that like... You know, I wasn't just going to immediately delete my airdrop after getting it. Um, you know, so I had to bite the bullet. Total, I think I ended up spending a total of like 160 bucks um, out of that to be able to sell it and, you know, trade with it. So, uh, funny story about Web2 airdrops. Um I'm a boomer. I'm almost 40. Uh, so my grandfather, when I was, I don't know, probably about 10 years old, bought me a thousand shares of Microsoft, um, which at the time was about 50 cents. And then I lost it, just totally lost track of it for probably 20 years. I get a letter in the mail um, a couple of years ago saying, hey, you've got some missing property, thousand shares of Microsoft. You know, you should look into this. And I was like, oh, crap, I don't have to work anymore. This is amazing, right? Well, it turns out, I don't know what other states do, but the state of Florida at some point sells your stock um, for uh, whatever the, the the stock price was at the time. So my shares were all sold at like 80 cents a piece. 
So I got a check in the mail for like 800 bucks, which was great, but it obviously was not the current value of Microsoft today. Um, so that was a huge mistake on my part. I should have hung on to those, uh, those shares for sure. Well, I mean, if that's the case too, if they were, you know, at the point that it was 50 cents a share, you know, I'm sure there was some type of, you know, stock splits, whatever else that was happening in the process. And well, yeah, I'm not know, even sure. I'm not even sure if they realized what they were doing at the time. Um, you know, speaking to be honest, but it really affected quite a bit of people. What is this, Rooster? What are you talking about? That affected a lot of people. Oh, where was it? Just me? That was <laughs> okay. Pause. Hold on. I could just be. Is your mic better? Or, or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> Were, was it like, not like there were so many people affected by what just happened with Michael? The, the ripple of strong. <laughs> from that, man. <laughs> okay, okay, stuff. pause, pause. Can you hear Stud Muffin? They didn't know. <laughs> I cannot. I thought we were all quiet for two minutes, right? I thought we were all quiet for two minutes, and then we just like impromptu, like just did the silent space. And bro, I was you ready gotta get to... that Wi-Fi fixed, bro. <laughs> bro, I was ready to boo the first person to start speaking. That's what I was waiting for for like a like one minute and thirty seconds. I thought we were doing a mini silent space. I was ready to start booing the first person who was speaking, and then Kaleo comes on randomly, and I thought he just like tries to pick up like we were, like we were having a conversation, even though it was a silent space, and I kind of play a trick on everybody. So I just try to tag along with that. And make everybody seem like they miss important information. I just want to say and, the power uh, of this yeah, community. That's <laughs> yeah, the fact that y'all held a moment of silence for my uh, my losses that means a lot. That really, you know, that made my day. Thank you for that. <laughs> I can still not hear Stud Muffin. It's uh, completely silent again. Uh, generally, fix it is just drop down, drop, come back up. Yeah, get get rid of him, Eddie. This is your opportunity to talk shit on Rooster. I mean, though I will say, Studmuffin, I guess, unwittingly had an opportunity to talk shit on Rooster that entire time. You could have got off on a whole tangent. Your bagel and... sandwiches suck. <laughs> Yo, I won't lie, though. Rooster's bagel sandwiches have looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no. The pictures that he's posted. Bro, I'm telling you, I, I've been telling him for a while. Start a fucking food truck, bro. You got the goods. Just get this shit going, man. But how's that going to compete against Stonkfather's uh, Colossians? They can compliment each other. Yeah. A food truck, uh, yeah, just a mini food truck stop. Just brand good. it with wonky stonk wrap on the side. And you know what else do you need to sell it? Them's fighting Can't words, ladies. Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! Until you cook that bacon in the oven, we're 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 not friends. Do I look like I'm 72? No, I do not cook my bacon in the oven. All right, dude. I've got a terrible admission here, and you guys may give me a lot of you know a lot of shit for it, but I've always been, you know, a I, I, I cook some great bacon, not in the oven, right? Like, you know, I'll just fry my bacon or um, just do it in the pan like anybody else and cook some great bacon, but it's always messy, right? I understand the oven side of it. You're like, yeah, it's a little bit cleaner. 
you know, maybe a little bit more of a consistent result if you're, you know, because there are a lot of people that cook their bacon in a pan, end up burning it and doing this, that, and the other. So I, I, I get that, you know, it's not the lazy man's way of doing it. I found the super lazy man's way of doing it recently where I just have bought the pre-cooked bacon that you nuke in the microwave for about 10 seconds. And it goes great on sandwiches. It's cooked basically perfectly. And I'm not making this as, you know, like a breakfast combo. But to go on a sandwich, if I just want a quick thing of bacon to put on there, it comes out amazing. And it's clean. It's quick. I, I think it's an underrated way. And I'm surprised that it's taken me this long to get there. Boo. Boo. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, Cube, your show. Much like Stud Muffin, I'm somebody approaching the age of 40. And as a standalone product, food source, bacon, you cannot do it that way. But the pre-cooked that you zap, I have some in my refrigerator right now. When it's a compliment to a sandwich or something, that is the only way to do it because you don't make a giant-ass mess. It's unbelievably easy, and it's relatively inexpensive, so you can buy more stocks in the end. So that that's a great call. I'm with you there. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. No, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I do think it complements it incredibly well. It's a quick way of doing it. You're right. It's not that expensive. Um, overall, you know, I, I feel like I use, like, occasionally I'll buy a pack of real quality bacon. And then, you know, I just sometimes, like, it'll lap, you know, I'll, I'll have a mind lapse and I'll forget to cook all of it before the time it goes bad. And, like, with these, I never, like, I never underutilize a package. Um, I, for one, was fully expecting that. I've seen Cube's uh, piggy microwave bacon tray. He has a tray that is shaped like a pig that he puts in the microwave. So not only, you know, does it remind you that you're eating meat, but it's like you're watching yourself cook the actual pig in bacon form. And then, uh, yeah, it just completely decimates the whole thing. Don't knock it till you try it. I'm going to have to get your address sometime and just mail you one. It's a See, lie. This is, this is how I can tell Rooster is the youngest person in this room, right? You know, just every single innovative, solid concept ranging from Arizona to microwave bacon, just absolute hate without ever giving the experience a chance. Maybe innovative like a couple decades ago. <laughs> but we're, we're in Bro, when we're in now. fucking south by southwest in a month, I'm cooking you oven bacon, bro. Your mind is going to be blown away. You know, another place, actually, I'm thinking of random cities. Sorry to get back to this. Other random cities, I'm surprised, haven't had events. I'm surprised New Orleans hasn't ever really had any big crypto events. You know, I feel like it's a it's a spot where a lot of people hold conferences. You know, different, lots of, you know, lots of entertainment, fun things to do there. Like, it's another one on the list. Um, B-Ways, what's up? No, I put my hand down because I was going in a different direction, but... Um... On the alpha yeah, side, you can go to a different direction. I can just 
Yeah, go on the alpha side, man. We'll, we, we can go away from yeah, and well, whatever <laughs> this has been. Yeah. No, look, I mean, good point. New Orleans, I mean, sure, they could do something fun on the side events of, a, of an NFT event. So they should do it. And by the way, maybe it already happened, right? We just missed it. So um, I'll take a look after this. Um, no, one, one, I picked up one NFT this morning, um, which I wanted to bring up because it's kind of uh, could be some brother and sisterhood with uh, Wonky Stonks, actually. It's called Tradfi Lines. Um, it's like a collection of 500. It's on Ethereum right now, but each of them, not chilling. I mean, I'm just trying to explain this, right? Each of the 500 can be ultimately kind of wrapped. It's not, not going to be a burn for a, um, for a one-of-one ordinal on, on BDC, which I think is pretty cool. All the ordinals are, the 500 are between, I think, ordinal 1500 and 3100. So it's like probably the largest early collection on ordinals um so i think it's a fun one to look into because it's a it's a cool it's a cool um early og type uh, project and i think it has um again some potential for holder overlap over time and i think one one other cool aspect that i think all the traders etc will like here is that they only allow the trading of the nft between or during market hours it's like 9 30 a.m to 4 p.m et and otherwise, you just any trade or any trade that is is not happening within those hours is actually referred. It. I don't I don't know how exactly to do it, but it it does work that way. So there's some pretty cool features there that I think is it's worth checking out. They're not cheap at the moment; it's like two ETH floor or so for a pretty small collection, but just very cool. And I think people here might might like it. And I'll I'll do some um, some outreach there as well, build some bridges in, in their community. Seems like some some fun people there. Um, so. Hopefully, can build some bridges between the stonks and the tradfile lines. Dude, that is the only other project that I've seen that has any remotely similar concept to wonky stonks. Um, I, I mean, the utility side of it is really interesting. If you're talking about communities that I guess would you know understand the stonks and the significance of it, completely get that. You know, if you're looking at it from an art perspective, I don't know if I. <laughs> The art side of it as much, but the history side of it, when you're talking about it, its relation to the ordinals, um, you know, like it's, it's it is an interesting yeah. concept. I'll have to look more into it. Yeah, look, I agree. The, the art is, is completely different. It's, it's also generative, but I think the one cool part there, look, wonky songs look way better, right? <laughs> These threadfile lines are essentially trading view tile type, oh, sorry, type um, type charts. The fun part there is that for every trade I think happens in a the collection, they add a little bar chart at the end of each NFT. <laughs> so it kind of evolves over time. And I think that's a cool mechanic, but kind of visually it's way, way less appealing, of course, than, than the wonky tongues, but that's, that's going to be hard to beat by any collection at any time. So um, I think that's a high bar anyway. No, it's interesting though, man. I hadn't heard of those. Appreciate you sharing. Oh, good. Back to cities. No, no, I'll say, you know, it does surprise me, though, whenever you look at how many collections out there that have that similar type of concept. And there, there really just aren't many collections. Again, this is, you know, really one of the only other ones that I can think of that has any type of ties to trading to the art of charts, to that type of stuff. And I, you know, I think it's something, I really do think that it is 
an area that is going to continue to grow, right? Like there are going to continue to be more projects to try to explore this type of concept down the road. Um, Elijah, welcome up to the stage, man. What's up, what's up, wonkies? Uh, I just wanted to come up on the New Orleans thing. Uh, they haven't had a convention or anything crypto related yet. I'm talking to some people about trying to put on a little small something, like some Louisiana-based people. Uh, but a funny thing that they're doing right now for Mardi Gras is that people are selling like NFT passes for bathrooms. I don't know if y'all have ever been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans, but it's a fucking nightmare to try to find a bathroom if you're like watching the parade and stuff. So that's like something funny that uh, some people are doing with NFTs. New Orleans no, is I, absolutely crazy, man. I'll say this. I like I, I respect people that are brave enough to travel to New Orleans for those type of events. You know, that, like, you know, the Red Dress Run, all those other different crowded things that are down there. But it's just, I don't know, man. I, I'm a bigger fan of going to those type of cities during the off weekends that are not necessarily the big holidays. And you know, looking to do some type of event incorporated in with that. But I, I, I the idea that NFTs the bathroom pass, I'd be really curious to see how that works. Do they give you a map of the different locations where you can redeem this? You have to have, you know, how are you showing any type of verification? Because I'm sure with those type of events, you know, you might run into some type of sell issues as well, right? Yeah, I don't really know exactly how they're doing it. I would assume they're trying like a token gated type thing. Uh, I think it'd be hard. You'd have to find like 10 bathrooms across the parade routes to really make it uh, useful, in my opinion. Because, you know, if you got to walk fucking 45 minutes to an hour to the bathroom, that's kind of pointless. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize I was muted on that. Um, no, it's interesting stuff, man. I mean, you know, the concept of that, though, I think is something that's going to continue to evolve over time. I mean, we're going to see, I'm telling you, 2024, 2025. Realistically, 2025, because I think 2024 is going to kind of be the buildup year as far as a lot of momentum between pricing and other stuff for NFTs. So I think 2025 will be the massive retail year for NFTs where, you know, prices across a lot of collections are already going to be way up there. And there are a lot of different concepts that are being worked on right now that are going to be fully implemented. So 2025, you're going to have a lot of this random stuff like that that just pops up all across the board. There are going to be so many different concepts of retail trying to implement NFTs into what they have coming. Uh, or what they're working on here in the next couple of years, it is going to blow people's minds, man. But it's going to be everywhere coming up. It, like, you know, that type of story, rather than being a one-off, it's like, oh, that's kind of crazy, man. I mean, wonder how that's going to work. I mean, nobody's going to say it's going to be crazy anymore because it's almost going to be crazier to hear people not doing it. I mean, if you've got a favorite bar, that is in your city, I bet that bar is going to work with somebody to try to create some type of NFTs for the people that come there. Like it's going to be that type of 
you know, I don't know if you want to call it micro economies, but because whether they actually develop into micro economies and have some type of sustained market is a different question, but you're going to have that type of widespread implementation of the concept. And it's something that, you know, especially when you look at different apps like Manifold and how easy it's made creating and distributing and listing FDs, that type of stuff is coming, right? So that's why, again, when I talk about like the significance of historical NFTs and, you know, their place in the bigger scale, bigger scheme of things, I really think that's where, you know, the value proposition and the originality of stonks really comes into play. And, you know, when you're talking about from the collector's perspective, that is, you know, like that's, I think, the bigger picture story that's coming over the next couple of years. Yeah, so speaking of uh, Tampa, um, I bought a Tom Brady NFT a few months ago and I'm going to a party. I think it's his, it's essentially his official retirement party next month in Tampa. Um, and the only way to get access to it is through his NFT. So the NFT is probably worthless. The autograph company kind of exit scammed. I mean, it was, uh, you know, none of them doing very well, but I think I paid like 500 bucks for it and 500 bucks to go meet Tom Brady. He's going to sign some balls. I was thinking it'd be hilarious if I brought some deflated footballs and said, hey, do you mind signing these? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be original. But I, I I don't know how cool Tom is. I know there are a lot of athletes that would be so pissed that you'd be kicked out of that event immediately. But, you know, Tom might be the type of guy, though, that just rolls with the punches and laughs it off. But that is a $500 story for life if you get booted out of a Tom Brady party for presenting him a deflate gate ball. You got to do that. You got to do it. That's why I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably get kicked out by security, but it seems worth it because it would be absolutely hilarious. If there's any autograph people going, um, don't spill my my secret. (laughs) I think I'm going to do this. Worst case scenario, you get kicked out and you have the greatest $500 story probably of your life. You know, or he finds it absolutely hilarious. You get a picture of with him holding a deflated ball, and you got an even better story. It's a win-win. I like where your head's at. I like it. Yeah, okay. You're. Uh, I think I'm leaning in this direction. This will be fun. Now I just got to find a uh, needle to deflate these footballs, and I'll bring them over soon. Hey, if you're in Tampa, man, hit me up whenever you come. Love to meet you. I, <clears throat> I still can't hear him, by the way. Uh, I already hopped down and jumped back up it. It's just the chosen one. This well, week. Rooster, did you when you hopped down and came back up? Here's the real question, just to test where you're coming from here, what your real experience in this is. Did you close out of the app and come back into the app after? Yeah, I always do that. I I thought it was the person okay. who can't be heard had to drop down and come back, uh, but um, should I drop? Well, I mean, stud you. You, you could drop, exit out of the app, and come back in. We'll bring you back okay. up. Yeah, I'll take off. And then real quick, who wait, wait, said wait. they were from Tampa? I totally missed that. Oh, that was me. Oh, you're in t- – no way. Okay, cool. All right. I'm, yeah, I'll drop out, and we'll chat some more. Thanks. All right, cool. 80s, I, I do feel like randomly you have everybody 
you've had so many people from the stomp community that have randomly come through Tampa. I'm telling you, man, Tampa is is becoming that conduit for connections in Web3, it seems like. There's a lot of people here in Tampa that are doing things that I haven't even talked to in Web3 yet. And I, I want to meet them all. Shit. I, I want to turn my warehouse in downtown to an NFT hub, but I don't have a quarter million dollars to invest if you want. Holler at me. But, um, yeah, Tampa's the shit, man. Hidden gem. Well, you know, it is... Like, talking about Tampa and its origins, actually, for this being the one-year anniversary, I don't think these spaces would be happening right now, you know, 52 weeks later. At least they definitely wouldn't have happened on the same schedule had we not met in Tampa, you know, a little over a year ago. And I'm still disappointed Hondo was in town. I'm still disappointed Hondo couldn't make that lunch also. But, um, yeah. You know, like, again, that was just another random connection from the Tampa because, you know, wasn't there for 80s, but it ended up just being opportune, had, you know, whatever window of time that I was able to get up there, meet with him and it ended up working out. Right. Like, you know, but I mean, since then, I have seen you meet up with countless numbers of people from the stunt community and you know uh, i think a lot of it's just centered from people having random events from tampa because it is like an up-and-coming spot no it really is and and i appreciate that yeah i, I wish i would have met hondo too we had message after the the trip and um and hopefully we'll get to do that again i don't know if he's in the audience or not but i would definitely love to get together with the three of you man or i mean the three of us but uh, it'll happen there, there is something that is happening though in Tampa. And I know I would say it's a hidden gem, but this is a, a spot that is up and coming that I, I hope more people get an opportunity to experience. And my man B Ways is even coming back up here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to hit the town too. So if anybody's around, let me know. But you know me, man. I'm all about connections. I love the in real life. And that's just maybe the boomer in me. I don't know because I didn't grow up behind the screen or anything. I grew up talking to people and. I get a chance to feel your energy, and then we get to talk about innovative ideas and make that connection, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, Stud Muffin, I want to do the experiment real quick with your voice and see if Rooster can hear it. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? Can you hear me, Rooster? What? Hello? No, I'm playing the yeah, idea. <laughs> You had me there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so it was on my end. All right, good to know. Yeah. So, um, 80s, you ever been to Armature Works? That's where we had lunch. Yeah, that's where actually, uh, yeah, me and Khalil had lunch. It's, it's my little spot I go to. I love Armature That's Works. wild. So that's where they're holding the, uh, the Tom Brady event. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah. Are you from here? Space or, Coast. Or no? Oh, okay. Yeah, man. So if you ever want to, you ever want to check out a rocket launch, man, they're wild. Like they're the new Falcon heavies are like my dishes break when the rocket launches go off. Like they're so powerful. It is crazy. Yeah, it is wild. Uh, Growing up, we actually here in Tampa, we were able to see the challenger always launching all the way from uh, Tampa, even though it was on the space coast. It was always a sight to see, bro. Yeah, man, I love it. I take I got a three year old, so I'll take him out for the rocket launches. And he's always like, Hey, can we go see another launch? I was like, uh, give me like two weeks. I'll make it happen. I'll call my people. 
Love it, man. Love yeah, it. For sure. So, um, Cleo, quick question for you, because I got a bunch of uh, GBTC in my retirement account. It's just a little bit easier to, uh, um, you know, to play with GBTC sometimes than it is to buy actual crypto. What do you think about that discount? What kind of risk do you think I'm taking by having a decent chunk of money in uh, Grayscale versus, uh, you know, having the real thing? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, I, I wish I had more info on exactly what was going down with everything with that case right now. I mean, I think that there uh, is a primary reason for the discount, though, right? You know, you look at um, everybody that had to unwind their GBTC in the past year, starting with 3AC back in, uh, back in the June, July timeframe. But, you know, honestly, man, I... I think the risk is a little bit overstated personally. I I think it's one of those things that probably does, you know, with that risk, there probably is some opportunity. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a reason why, you know, having physical Bitcoin, and I say physical Bitcoin, having the ownership of Bitcoin versus any other type of proxy does reduce your overall exposure risk. You know, I think there's more upside, but like, obviously you can't do that with a retirement account. So I think any vehicle that you have that has exposure to Bitcoin is going to have that type of risk, right? Like, you know, we've seen that across the past year. Nobody is fully immune. Um, so, you know, I think it just comes along with the territory. I, I wish I had more info on exactly what was going down with that. And Will it ever unwind? I don't know. I think it's a cash cow for them that they are very incentivized to keep open. And if they, as long as they can keep it open, if they ever do want to, um, you know, get back fully, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's their easiest vehicle to continue on the path of profitability. Um, but yeah, man, so I, I don't think it's going to completely collapse like everybody else says. I, if I had to take a guess, make a bet on it, I would say you're probably fine. But, you know, crazier things have happened across the course of the past year. But, I mean, if anything does go down with it, um, I think the one thing that we've seen right now is it's going to take some time for that to happen. So I'm sure that you'll have ample time to react, and there's probably opportunity in the meantime. We'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. Guys, I got oh, to hop off. Um, much love to everyone. Uh unbelievable that we're freaking here a year later doing spaces i mean testament to this community testament to the vibes and just want to say i, I wholeheartedly appreciate all the connections that we've made in this space and where, where we're going in this space so much love enjoy the day enjoy the weekend and uh have some fun love you guys you know you as well man take it easy um Pythonomics, you jumped up here a little bit ago. I haven't had the opportunity to hear from you yet. How's it going? It's going pretty well, Kaleo. How are you? Doing well. Cannot complain. Hey, I do want to hear what you hear is the update on the whole Elon API thing, how that'll affect, you know, things like the stonk spot and what they're planning on doing with that going down the road. So, um, Right now, I believe it's still a hurry-up-and-wait type of situation. Uh, they haven't really rolled out any changes yet, but what uh, they've discussed on Twitter, what I've seen, is that there's basically going to be a 
smaller free tier that's allowed to tweet, I think, like 1,200 or 1,500 tweets a month, um, which is great if your project doesn't have any traction. But if you're wonky stonks, you know, you're going to use that up in like a day or two. Um, and uh, that leads to the next tier, which is the paid tier, uh, where if you want to tweet more than what the free tier allows, they're charging, uh, last I checked, $100 a month for that capability. Um, they're... Now, that's not like per bot or per um, account. It's more like a – so like with Twitter, you've got, uh, you've got your Twitter account and then you've got like app accounts, and you can have multiple Twitter accounts linked up to one app account. So really that $100 a month monthly fee that they're looking to charge is for the app account, like the developer account, so that – you know, multiple users can sign up to that service and, and utilize it for whatever they want to utilize it for. So when it comes to the, the wonky stonk spot, you know, um, I'm using one app, but it's actually serving more than just the wonky stonks uh, bot. I'm not trying to shill the other bots, but I've got a couple others that are running out there using the same app. So uh, probably what's going to end up happening on my end is I'll have to fork over that $100 a month just to, just to keep these NFT bots active. Um, or, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and Elon will say, Hey, you know, your bots are nice. They're not malicious. They're not, you know, spamming everybody saying, send me one Bitcoin and I'll send you two back. And he'll just, you know, let me, let me write for free on this train. So yeah, that, that's really it. Um, just kind of keeping an eye on it. I'm hoping that they publish something soon. So I know better what, uh, what the situation is like, but, uh, yeah. Um, Elon's on a, a on a warpath to make some money in Twitter, and part of me supports him, part of me doesn't. So, <laughs> I think anybody who's used Twitter for free over the last I don't know however many years Twitter's been around likely feels the same way. I did also want to take this opportunity to to definitely show something though. Um, it's your yearly reminder that if you don't have a hardware wallet, please go get one. Store your assets on it. Don't get hacked. Store your seed. Save it. You know, keep it in a safe deposit box or something. Um, the worst thing that can happen is for you to be playing around, degen minting something, and somebody drains your wallet. Now all your NFTs, all your money is gone. Um, play it a little bit safe. Spend 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever ledger costs these days. Store your coins, store the stuff that you care about over there, and keep the DGEN minting on, like, you know, throwaway wallets. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, that's something that we bring up a good amount. And I think both the, or both the things that we've seen the past month, as far as like quote unquote hacks, I think that it's, you know, important to start labeling them correctly too, right? Because 99% of these aren't hacks, right? They're all phishing, um, phishing jobs where people are signing things that are malicious contracts that give permission to their wallet that shouldn't otherwise. And you know, like why I say that we need to start labeling correctly is because a hack implies that, you know, you didn't necessarily do anything and you had excellent security. It wasn't enough. Somebody was able to bypass whatever walls that you did kind of implies that there wasn't action on your end, that it was action on somebody else's end. 
versus, you know, fishing, the fishing doesn't happen unless you snag onto the bait, right? Like there is a lure that's out there that somebody, you know, is dangling in front of you and, you know, they, you know, they catch you onto it. And it's easy and understandable you know, looking at how some of these have happened, but as far as like the two big wonky hacks that have happened recently, you know, it it sucks and feel for both of them um, that it happened to, but, you know, both of them came from fishing ops as well, which, you know, again, if you're talking about shilling from the the ledger perspective, if you've got that um, segregation from hot versus cold storage, then you reduce the risk of your exposure toward being fished absolutely i mean if you're if you want to get fished there's nothing to stop you from getting fished but having that cold versus hot setup just adds a little bit more time between the time that you would get fished uh if you didn't have a hot and cold setup um to to kind of think twice about what you're doing right um, you could navigate to a website and you know open up with your wallet and say, oh, okay, look, they're giving me, uh, I don't know, a thousand free wonky stonks if I simply just like authorize my wallet and connect to it. Seems a little bit too good to be true, but we know, uh, you know, uh, Kaleo here has got a really big heart, so it might be true. Um, I don't know. But if, if I only had a hot wallet set up, I might just say, well, this sounds like an opportunity that I really want to take and I'm going to do it now. I'm not going to think twice about it. And before I know it, Kaleo's got all my NFTs or whatever fake Kaleo out there. Not the real Kaleo, obviously, because he's he's a nice guy. Um, but if I had a cold wallet set up and I saw the same thing and I realized, well, I want that thousand on my ledger, it's going to take me some time to go dig out that ledger, connect it to my wallet, uh, connect it to my laptop, and you know, go through the motions to to connect to that website. And that might just be enough time for me to think, hey, hold on a second. Did Kaleo actually tweet that or was it somebody else? And, um, you know, that that little period of time is enough to let doubt creep in. And that doubt can save your portfolio. And that's, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of standard practice if you look, you know, across uh, anywhere in computing. Right. I mean, you've got um, cold storage with with Ledger and crypto, but on uh, like your normal email account, like if you've got a Gmail account, you've got two-factor authentication, whether that's via a security key or via a little code that gets either sent to you via SMS or via like an app or something like that, right? And that just helps that service know that, you know, this person is authorizing against us, but we want to make sure it's actually that person and not somebody that just has that person's credentials. So it slows you down. Um, if you were logging into a website thinking that it's the official one and it prompted you for two-factor authentication, you might double check and say, hey, is this actually the site I wanted to be on or is it not? And that little period of time can be a lifesaver. And I think that's that's really the, the key when it comes to having these cold storage devices because, you know, if you can buy yourself that little bit of time to be able to really evaluate the service you're connecting to, the site you're connecting to, or whatever you're trying to authorize to, um, and man, I lost track of my, my thought, but the, the, the point of the story is get yourself a cold wallet, beef up security. You know, you don't have to make it, you don't have to make your life difficult, um, on a day-to-day basis. That's what your hot wallet is for to keep it easy. But for the stuff that's really valuable, put it somewhere safe.
we don't keep not a lot of people some people do but not a lot of people keep cash in their mattress most of them keep in the bank so there's a good reason for that yeah i appreciate that man i feel like safety is something that's not talked enough about in these spaces the safety security best now i Back when I used to work at uh, the oil and gas companies, you couldn't start a meeting without doing some type of safety moment there at the beginning. Um, and it, you know, it was overplayed. A bunch of the ideas that people were out there, like when you, especially when there were so many meetings that were happening, it was incredibly overplayed. Just some of the different things that people talked about. So you kind of forgot about it. But like with this type of stuff, man, I mean, it's just so easy that it's just an important reminder because you don't know if you're going to have people that are in this space for the first time that, you know, may or may not have the opportunity and the experience that a lot of other people have in here because it, it is something that's relatively new, right? It's something that isn't always incredibly intuitive. So, it's important to bring up what those best practices are consistently so that, you know, everybody is either a, you know, educated for the first time or be reminded on it. So definitely appreciate you, you know, coming up and doing that, man. Um, and, you know, for that Pythonomics, I, I want to go ahead um, and give you my man um, some credit for, because I said I was going to give away some credit for the ledge art store I will talk to Hondo about that and figure out the best way to make that happen. And I'll shoot you over some credit to the ledge art store because, you know, appreciate you bringing that up. Also appreciate again, just, you know, everything with a stonk bot as well this year. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I, I've been, eyeing, yeah, so you can get some stonk swag. Yeah. I've been eyeing some stuff on that store, especially after the recent update. And there's some cool stuff over there. Um, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I, I was waiting for my paycheck to buy it, but it seems like I don't got to wait for it anymore. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yeah. So let me, let me DM Hondo and we'll get all that set up for you. And dude, I'm, I am the worst when it comes to some of this type of stuff as far as, so if it takes a couple days, trust me, it will come. It just sometimes like takes me a couple days to get some of that type of stuff organized. Um, but hey, y'all, unfortunately, I do have to get wrapping up with the space as well. Really have enjoyed it. Always have enjoyed, um, you know, doing these. We're going to keep it going. Week number 53 um, and 54. We'll be here for the two-year two anniversary next year, the three-year anniversary of these, the year after that. We're going to keep it rolling. The stonks are inevitable. Um, love you guys and hope everyone has an incredible weekend. Take care, y'all. Have a great one. Yeah, have a great weekend. See you guys.